0: This uh, episode, which is in the vicinity of uh, number 53, is brought to you by Winger.com, All in a Dream comics and books, and Chris Levine's ref- uh, Refresher Therapy Podcast. Uh, more about each of them later.
1: it says to the cloud i'm not exactly sure <laughs>
0: whose cloud is it
1: right is it my cloud is it icloud <laughs> is it your cloud
0: is it is it a zoom it, cloud that i don't know about
1: is yeah okay. i like to keep keep it local
0: I like to keep my podcast recording the way I like my dinner table. Locally sourced.
1: In house. <laughs>
0: um, so we were saying that the original Mad Max was essentially, it was essentially the plot of the old John Wayne movie, Hondo, uh, which is just the, the lone, you know, a, a hero uh leading the the wagon train to safety Mm -hmm. only for some reason there are some great parts in hondo like he had a dog um john wayne had a dog oh actually mel gibson had a dog too yeah yeah i forgot about that forgot about that uh it's been i bet 30 I'm not sure I've seen uh, Mad. Oh well, not Mad Max. The Road Warrior is what I'm talking about. The original Mm -hmm. Road Warrior. Um, Haven't seen that since it since it came out.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think I've ever seen it. I might have seen like parts of Beyond Thunderdome because, like, I was. And I say
0: this man has broken the law
1: (laughs) because I was a huge Tina Turner fan.
0: Yeah. She's done all right for herself. Yeah. You, you know she lives in Switzerland. I would. Well, you try. It's apparently it's really hard to move to Switzerland.
1: Like yeah. they
0: get to vote on whether or not you're a keeper. Yeah. No, mm. for sure. <laughs> uh. You know, winger is Swiss.
1: I uh, Jung Jung Jungfrau.
0: Jungfrau.
1: Jungfrau. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fuck yeah. Brian? This do Ein Kaufman?
1: Uh yeah. I don't know what you're saying but that sounds about right.
0: All right. So I uh I recently received a uh Lux uh a uh uh, uh a Yeti mug from a friend it was a gift from a friend and my wife says that it works great
1: <laughs> i was about to say is that is it is it that yellow plastic one you're drinking out of right now
0: Mm-mm.
1: i didn't know i didn't know ye- yeti made yellow uh thin plastic yellow <laughs> tumblers
0: red yeti yellow yeti red yeti <laughs> yellow letty. <laughs> see no wonder the pros do it yeah you know what That's enough of this. You ready? Let's get it. Are you ready?
1: You're ready for Freddy.
0: Stand by to get some. (laughs) Howdy. Welcome to Managing Expectations, a podcast. I'm your host, DJ Coco Smooth. And with me as always, is the aide de camp brian grimm howdy brian
1: howdy jeff i thought you're going to introduce me as my new starbucks name brown <laughs> yep i uh, could i get a name for the order please it's brown okay thanks brown and uh, that's what i got written on my cup today brown
0: yeah um I don't know yeah um, you know if a guy was smart he'd have a whole series he'd like have a place on the internet where people could post pictures of their of their incorrect names as they were written on the side of star Starbucks cups. What do you think?
1: That'd be a million dollar idea.
0: I don't know what you'd call it. I don't know either. Instagram
1: something, uh, something no, like it's that. actually
0: not fancy enough for Instagram. Is it? Oh my goodness. I made Mrs. I made Mrs. Winger take, Oh, oh. this, uh, episode, which is in the vicinity of, uh, number 53 is brought to you by mrs. winger.com all in a dream comics and books and Chris Levine's ref, uh, refresher therapy podcast more about each of them later. First though about Mrs. Winger she posted um, a picture of me where <laughs> for some for some reason I looked like an old guy on the downhill slide on Instagram <laughs> and uh, I was like, hey babe, what the what? take it down And she's like, I don't know how. I'm like, hey, you put it up. You take it down. <laughs> she did, but it had received several likes by sympathetic people sympathetic to the poor woman for uh, uh, being saddled with this. Uh...
1: You're being you're being a little too hard on yourself. It was a okay. fine picture. My
0: teeth look positively British. Oh, are we not supposed to say that about the allies?
1: Um, I don't know. I we were trying to expand into Western Europe with the podcast, but I just short that shot that horse right in the face. Uh, so. Not
0: necessarily. I think the uh, uh, you may you may know that the uh, Brits don't want to be part of Europe, and uh, the Europeans are willing to let them go. What yeah.
1: is yeah. that? Something new?
0: <laughs> is that a
1: new thing? <laughs> Do they have a clever name for that? Because I'd like to work something out.
0: Uh, world war ii <laughs> is, is that is that the right answer so anyway uh yeah so so uh, uh mrs winger poor thing so uh, we just had we just had a pretty big anniversary and um it's left me feeling uh a little melancholy because you know okay because like one family that we knew had kids who didn't hate them. <laughs> once upon a time was a family was a was a man and a woman whose grown children didn't hate them or resent them or disappoint them in them in any way and um and they had like a big party for like the big anniversaries and then uh then we know this other couple and i i think yeah it's been several years ago now um but like on their 35th anniversary i was like saying ah, oh, you gotta take her on a cruise you know you gotta like take her back to italy because she, she's italian and oh She's Italian American, and um, but I mean, you know, these are these are people of honor. Yes. Yeah. If yeah, and so uh, um, anyway, they they, you know, and uh, okay, first of all, so if if Mrs. Winger and I had kids, you know, they would be dysfunctional wrecks. As Mm. yeah, yeah, they'd be. It'd be like um, too angry to be among the uh, mystery-solving grannies who appear on the on the show <laughs> once in a while. And um, the other thing would be, um, well, oh, oh, yeah, I'm mostly broke, so there's no trip, uh, even if this wasn't a plague year. So uh, we've discussed this previously. Um, because and, and if, cause if there's content that the people want, it's, it's more about my anniversary and so forth. So, so uh, she got pearls on her pearl anniversary, but she got no jade. Uh, however, uh, she has been, uh, she, as I said, she got a chair and she's gotten a lot of uh, other uh, estate sale swag that she tries to sneak into the house. So today she's wearing these um, earrings that I kind of like but they're roughly the size of a tire swing, and uh, I'm like, um, uh, I say, uh, hey, did you get some new earrings? She says, I got them in an estate sale. They were only two dollars. <laughs> like I, I said, yeah, but, I, but the question was, are are they new earrings? So, uh,
1: happy thirty fifth. Yeah, thanks. That's that's great.
0: It's unbelievable, isn't it?
1: It is. 35 years, man.
0: It just, you know, all it means is I'm super old.
1: Yeah. I don't know anybody that's been married 35 years that isn't old. (laughs) But but get this, my my 24th is, is coming up in the fall. Wow.
0: There's 24 hours in a day. There was a TV show called 24.
1: <laughs> there was. Yep.
0: So a that's di- what that a good diamond is 24.
1: Uh carat. I think good good gold is 24 carat.
0: What's a good diamond?
1: A 24 carat diamond would probably cost like five billion dollars.
0: <laughs> so we're talking Queen of England diamond.
1: Yeah, so those are some great gift ideas. I will get Sarah, the Jack Bauer edition of 24, the box set.
0: <laughs> you know what? They've got this thing now where like, like celebrities who are maybe not as hot, not like at the peak of their powers will like, you know, like yeah, call and leave a message. Do you, have you heard about this? A cameo. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, it's called Cameo. So you can like send in a request, and then Deborah Messing will send you a the FaceTime video, wishing you uh, the very best.
0: Is that Cameo with the C? Uh yeah. Uh, and,
1: I, and and I spent an afternoon bumping around on there, and it is surprising who is on Cameo.
0: Like who's on Cameo that I would want? Who that I would want to hear from?
1: Noam Chomsky
0: <laughs> is Noam Chomsky, honestly, on it? I don't know. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's really funny. Um, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, Kind of a lot of actors, athletes, musicians, comedians, creators. What kind of a creator is uh? <laughs> so for example, for ninety-nine dollars, you could hear from Ray Abruzzo, who was an actor who was on uh The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Um man, they if this is uh if this is uh if this is who they're using to uh,
1: uh i i read an article about cameo recently that um the the actor who played kevin Malone in the American version of the office and I can't think of his name right now um but you know the the kind of the, the chubby bald guy who
0: jim spoke- O'Hare I'm looking right at it
1: yeah, he made. He, I think he he is the highest grossing um, uh, person on Cameo, and he made like something like four million dollars last year. On Come Cameo.
0: on, because you curious. can get him for a buck seventy five, one hundred seventy five dollars.
1: Yeah, well, that's a re, that's a pretty reasonable rate for. Uh,
0: hey, Lisa Loeb uh, uh hundred
1: twenty nine. Oh, s- stay.
0: <laughs> Soup Nazis only eighty bucks. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, I want to. I want to go back up because there was a guy. Uh Didi Khan from Greece. Cheap at seventy five bucks. Are you? Are you still there?
1: You lost me at, at Grease.
0: <laughs> Barry Williams of the Brady Bunch is $105. $105. I think that, that that might be asking. That, that might be a little steep for Greg. But imagine what you could get Peter for. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I thought that it was when I looked at it I thought that it was going to be you know some pretty B and C list type folks but I mean there's some people that
0: except for okay so other than Jerry from the office who could actually be pretty funny.
1: No, Kevin Malone from the office. Not Jerry.
0: No, uh, I was like who's Kevin Malone from, Oh, oh, the...
1: you you're thinking of Jerry from Parks and Rec?
0: Yes, that's Jim O'Hare. Okay, mm-hmm. so I wasn't looking right at it because uh, I confused The Office with another um, uh, NBC workplace situation comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was Kevin on The on the Office?
1: Uh, he was kind of the chubby bald guy that spoke in a low, slow voice.
0: Oh, Kevin. Yeah. Th- yeah, that guy could like because he wasn't he wasn't a very smart guy in the show right
1: (laughs) he wasn't but like he worked i think he was like an accountant on the show okay and and, uh i
0: never really watched the office i it it was it made me cringe too much
1: yeah it it has some parts where are are really pretty sad Um,
0: yeah and not not in a good way not in a fun way
1: not in a fun way no yeah i agree uh but, uh, but yeah, he was kind of like the, the, the dummy. Played, he played the dummy in sure. the show.
0: Sure. Uh, okay. Okay. That's interesting. That is interesting. Um, yeah, like like, yeah.
1: Four million bucks. Can you imagine that? Just recording, like, happy birthday videos for people.
0: We really went into the wrong business.
1: <laughs> we could try. Uh, you know, we could throw our name into the ring or hat into the ring and see... Uh, if anybody wants to hear from managing expectations on Cameo. Uh,
0: well, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's the best business model for me, but you know, look.
1: Okay. So his name is Brian Baumgartner and he made over a million dollars, not three or four whatever I said, but still. A million dollars just a lot of money
0: well it's a lot yeah it's probably more than he made filming the office well maybe mm-hmm. not i don't know what i don't know how i don't that know
1: works. i don't know how that works that's a, that's a lot of a lot of people in that show
0: yeah and you could really only do without like three of them mm-hmm. Four. i don't know would you hey okay so so steve carell left and then The show went on but was rain wilson on the show the whole time
1: he was yeah
0: i just saw rain wilson in a show uh i couldn't sleep the other night so i did what every sensible person does uh when they can't sleep they get up and eat all the ice cream and watch a movie (laughs) and i chose (laughs) galaxy quest
1: galaxy quest is hilarious
0: it is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah,
1: it's 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 really good.
0: Okay, i no, will take. It. It's
1: no, it's it's a it's it really changed my viewpoint on lots of different things. Shut up!
0: <laughs> Don't be an idiot. I mean, but you liked Galaxy Quest, right? Yeah, it's,
1: yeah, I, and I think I, I mean, we watched it with the kids. A couple years ago and did the kids get it yeah they did they thought it was hilarious
0: uh, that was probably part of a whole alan rickman themed weekend that mrs grimm put together it wasn't yeah. it
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: so so you uh you probably had to watch galaxy quest while you were dressed up like colonel huddlesby <laughs>
1: No. <laughs> no. Uh Jack was dressed up. <laughs> with the, the tights and the short pants and the puffy <laughs> the puffy shirt.
0: I don't want to wear a puffy shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. Well anyway, so I thought, yeah, Tony Shaloub was in it. And I, he was so funny. Tony Shaloub has like this whole like pre-Monk existence that like I, I just completely took for granted. I mean, he's, he's and this is almost like the genius of him as a character actor, is that you, you honestly didn't recognize, I mean, didn't know he was in it because he's just so good at doing this thing. It's not like he's forgettable. Right. Yeah. In, in fact so instead of like exactly tra- like like disassembling molecules and putting them back together and tr- you know you know transporting that way like star trek they like you get covered in this this goo and <laughs> then are like are, are transferred physically at the speed of light through uh space and um everybody else is like super freaked out. And and when he shows up, he's just like really trippy and he goes, that's a hell of a thing. <laughs> I that was great. Yeah. Yeah, um, Sigourney Weaver was pretty funny um, uh, just, because, just because her character was so, was just written as a ditz. And so she found herself and and uh like the prepubescent justin long that that was unbelievable seeing that guy like even before the apple ads
1: and uh and you know sam rockwell yeah as as, uh um you know you know kind of a more of an extra really i mean he had a couple of lines but uh he looked really really young in that too
0: what do you think of Sam Rockwell?
1: I think he's a weirdo.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> but I think that he the things that I've seen him in, he's 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 interesting.
0: Yeah, he almost seems like a uh like if Steve Buscemi were easier on the eyes.
1: Uh yeah. Yeah, but I think this,
0: uh, Steve, Steve Buscemi, Buscemi's got co- comedic chops that I haven't seen uh, from Sam Rockwell.
1: I think the Stevie Buscemi is more is more comfortable being silly when he does comedy stuff. Probably. Sam Sam Rockwell's tries to be a little more cerebral, but he's just he's just. I think it, probably in real life he's a weirdo. Uh,
0: who do you think is weirder, him or Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh him. <laughs> Sam am Sorry, that's incorrect. Oh. we were looking for Jake Gyllenhaal, who is really? really he's a weird cat. I don't know why, but this everything about that guy just doesn't seem right.
1: I never saw Nightcrawler. But but No. <laughs> no, I miss I missed that one. Even even when I was flipping around channels, I never never caught a caught a clip of it.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I, and I'm not sure why you would. I mean, that movie looked dark.
1: It looked it looked really dark, uh, but uh, like the trailer, like he's he's really skinny, and you know, re- his hair's real greasy, and he's got these exaggerated facial expressions. It just seems really strange.
0: Was he wearing like pedo eyeglasses?
1: No, I think you're thinking of. Prison, prisoners.
0: I'm sure Prison. I'm not because I don't know what that is, but I, I've seen a picture of him wearing big um, weird glasses. I don't okay. know. All right. look, I, look, I don't want to fight, man. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood actors are weird. Um... Yeah, okay. So, uh, I, look, I, I'm talking about Sam Rockwell, like I know. I mean, I, I, I didn't see, he was just in that movie where he plays, like, a southern racist uh, who apparently has to find common cause with Taraji P. Henson. hmm Is that her name?
1: hmm Yes.
0: Really? I was so scared saying that name.
1: not Not related to Jim Henson. As far as you know as far as i know
0: so um i mean he played a guy in iron man 2 sam rockwell
1: yeah he
0: was and he was in a movie i think called choke which was based on a chuck polonik a novel and i hate chuck Polinick. he's almost exactly my age he should know better uh, children are watching or reading. Uh, you know, he's he's so i uh, so nihilistic. He can just sh- shut up. I mean, guess what city he lives in, Brian? Guess what city Chuck Polanick's from and where he lives?
1: Dallas, Texas.
0: That is incredible, <laughs> man. You are, man. You are stone cold today. That's right, uh- Portland, Oregon. <laughs> Um I, I I reviewed his book, uh a walking that was a walking tour of Portland and I cannot re- remember a less enjoyable reading experience, really? Yes. um I mean he was because he was like uh, he was like oh, so clever uh, about like the dark side of things. And so like there were like, like, like kids who um, had fallen into prostitution and like, like the street lingo with four of them was uh, prostitutes. See, that's, that's not funny. It's not. Yeah, see. <laughs> yeah,
1: so. uh is he do I I don't I don't really follow the guy is is he still working is he still like putting I'm out sure
0: he's still I'm sure he still writes a book yeah sure why, why wouldn't he but Fight Club will keep him I mean seriously Fight Club was huge right yeah I mean I mean that was a book that came out it it got got it was acclaimed in the 90s then they made a you know they made the movie out of it oh that's who by the way i was going to say sam rockwell is kind of the poor man's edward norton
1: hmm yeah. yeah yeah
0: i'd say so I, I i think sam rockwell's who you get when you can't get edward norton though it seems less and less likely that you couldn't get edward norton because he's
1: probably last thing kid.
0: i saw him and he played the bass player of uh uh What's who, what's the band Spanned Out Ballet? He played the bass player Spanned Out Ballet. Um, this is a whole. It was a whole hilarious gag on Modern Family, and we can come back to it if you'd like. But Chuck Polonix, you know, when you have, I mean, because was was Fight Club before or after Seven? I think it was after, wasn't it?
1: I think it was too.
0: So so Brad Pitt was a rising star and. You know, Fight Club pretty yeah. firmly ensconced him. And and you know, Brad Pitt's, you know, big is as big as Newman and Redford.
1: That was the second stage booster that shot Brad Pitt into the stratosphere.
0: Second stage booster.
1: Yeah. I'm into rockets.
0: <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, I watched I watched the drone uh, video, uh, uh, of, of, on Mars, uh, huh. it went up and it came down.
1: Well, what do you want it to
0: do? I don't know. Well, he's not going to bump into nothing. I'd have it, I'd fly it in a circle.
1: <clears throat> yeah, it goes up. It comes down. Hopefully okay. it comes it comes down slower than it goes up.
0: Okay, well.
1: Uh, let's see here, Fight Club came out in 99.
0: I think Seven was before that because because Seven wasn't in the aughts. Seven was in the 90s. Can you, can you still hear me okay?
1: I can, yeah, Seven came out in 95.
0: Yeah, see, so. Uh, are you on IMDb? I am. What was in between seven and and uh, Fight Club Snatch? Nope. stock and two smoking gunmen. Nope. <laughs> um,
1: uh, um, So Snatch came out after Fight Club. Okay. Um, Being John Malkovich came out the same year. Brad, Despite it
0: F- was in Being John Malkovich.
1: It says uncredited, but he was okay. in it. So. so he had a cameo. Yeah, uh, meet Joe Black. Mm. The um, the short film Seven Years in Tibet.
0: Oh, I saw that. That was so boring.
1: The Devil's Own.
0: Oh, uh, with uh, Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Sleepers. Oh, that's the one I confused with. Okay, sleepers was uh, that was like Matt Damon.
1: No, sleepers was uh, uh, Kevin Bacon. Really. Uh, Billy Crudup, Robert De Niro.
0: I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that film.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think I ever saw it either.
0: Okay. Um, but anyway, anyway, yeah, Chuck Palahniuk's writing. If he wants to write. And otherwise, he's just, you know, watching Portland burn. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, I, I, you know, he's, you know, I've probably said before, I mean, there's, there's 10, 10 or 20 authors who are just wealthier than Croesus. And, uh, you know, they can do whatever they want, go wherever they want doesn't matter if they're any good or not i mean they're just huge mm-hmm. and then there's there's like working writers you know?
1: is it is that is that because like their stuff has been adapted is that where like the real big money comes in or is it just because they're just so prolific that everybody I, buys their stuff for a long time
0: it's it's a combat it's a combination i mm-hmm. so it's it's being prolific uh coming out with you know a book a year unless you're james patterson and then you're coming out with seven books a year um it's having been at it for a really long time uh and i think that that accomplishes two things for you one is um you probably had a better deal early on well i mean i mean there's just the uh it's almost like compound interest. But I mean, you're Mm -hmm. still getting royalties for books that you wrote in 78, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but also, well, on the other hand, the on the other hand, the contracts probably weren't that great for in 78 when they were young. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that works. Yeah. Um, it, but it's, it's, it's duration, it's productivity. And to a large extent, it's, uh, you know, having, a having a movie or a TV show made from your, from your work. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> doesn't even have to be that good. I mean, right. Elmore, Elmore Leonard, who you and I both like, and we both were are fans of the justified TV show, but there aren't very many good elmore leonard movies you won't you'll hardly find a more uh uh, just incoherent piece of junk than the big bounce which has got a pretty good cast it's got i think owen wilson it's got uh, morgan freeman and 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 several other people in it and it's just a piece of junk um let's see did i see I don't know if I saw get shorty, but the follow up, which was something, what was the follow up to get shorty? You know, what? I didn't see get shorty, though. I, I watched part of the Netflix show with uh, Ray Romano, and uh, somebody Oh, uh, that that Irish guy, Kevin O'Dowd. Mm-hmm. Is that his name?
1: Yeah, I think it's Kevin. Chris O'Dowd. Chris.
0: Chris O'Dowd, yeah. Well, with the Irish, you never go wrong by guessing Kevin.
1: <laughs> right. I mean,
0: <laughs> you've got one guest to save your life. Name that Irishman, uh, Kevin Fitzpatrick.
1: Oh, we Sorry. were looking for Kellen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Seamus. Actually, my sister named her kid Seamus. My nephew's name Seamus is another way of putting that. It's not quite so um, critical and distant.
1: <laughs> my sister named a child Seamus. <laughs> uh, yes. I, there's an embarrassing story where Sarah had to remind me about a family member that I didn't know that I had, but I'll uh, won't go into that to protect the the innocent on this one.
0: Oh, that, yeah, that's that's some good podcasting. <laughs> Mention a great story that you can't tell.
1: Ooh, boy, you should have been there. <laughs>
0: Um, your, your kid just turned 16, which mean your kids, but really I, we're only concerned about Jack.
1: Th- no, they they will be 17 in less than a month.
0: Are you kidding me?
1: I am not kidding you.
0: That's great news because that means I'm only like 13 months away from being able to tell my Volkswagen story. <laughs> Cause I'm telling you that once they are legal adults, I am telling. It's one of the best stories of my stupid life. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. So. Um. Uh. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh. Then there's working writers, and then there's guys who like have to teach, and they they're just uh, ink stained wretches, as mm-hmm. the saying. Anyway, you know, people want people want to make, you know, they want to write a screenplay or whatever. You know, there's not. I mean, most. I mean, you can get um, a book published. I mean, I think that there are barriers to entry that have fallen, and then certainly, I mean, and if you were willing to, you know, John John Grisham's first book was self published. I mean, Hmm. he like printed him himself and. Um, drove him around and sold him, and then it got like some good reviews and newspapers in the south, and then he got picked up by a publisher, you know, whoever Random House or whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah there's there's a guy that um, I would listen to his podcast every once in a while, and part of his big thing was. Uh, trying to get people to, to write, he said, you just, just write a book and you can just uh, have an e-published book and you put it on Amazon for 99 cents. And that's, that's just how you get started. Um, which is, which is kind of an interesting way to, to get, to get going. And there were a couple of different examples that he was able to point to where, you know, a couple of people that didn't have any real experience with writing. Um, but they did a couple of ebooks and you know they made a couple thousand bucks from it by posting for 99 cents as an e-reader on that website.
0: Yeah, why not? Um, what was the deal? Uh, who wrote oh, Pete not PD James? Somebody James. So, did you know okay, so like the 50 shades of gray mm-hmm. author that that like started out as fan fiction for
1: Twilight, uh, I think.
0: Twilight, yeah, Twilight yeah. fan fiction. Uh, for those who for those who don't know, fan fiction is where um, the people who dress up and go to conventions, and who buy like all the paraphernalia. I mean, these are like really Kool Aid drinkers. Will like write their own stories so there's tons of fan fiction. There's fan fiction for everything. There's fan fiction for like Kirk and Spock being gay. And so there's like gay erotica, Star Trek fan fiction. And I mean, that's maybe an extreme example. Another case would just be like taking the characters from Battlestar Galactica and writing your own, your own thing. If it seems like it leans heavily into the science fiction and fantasy uh, realm it's because it does it's because it does you yeah, it, you should you should trust your judgment it, it totally does uh people don't um like i don't know that there's a lot of fan fiction about say the american founding fathers right like it could be the day thomas jefferson had had tea with George Washington, whatever.
1: Um, my daughter got when she read the Hunger Games books, she right. got in. She got into some of the fan fiction for that, and so I was just kind of talking to her about it. And she's and she says that fan fiction. She says fan fiction, the story is not over until we say it is.
0: Um. Did you repress her?
1: Well, I told her, I said, hey, just um, what are you, you know, what are you reading? Because I know that some of that stuff, like you said, can get, can spin off into something that's a lot more.
0: Let's say out of the age range. Out of, of the age Of the original. Yeah. It goes way beyond children murdering each other.
1: Right. If you can imagine <laughs> something even more serious than that. Um, yeah, so we, we, we talked about it and me being, trying to be a responsible parent, you know, we had a conversation about what's acceptable, what's not acceptable and what that meant for a (laughs) seven-year-old. No, she was older than seven.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, What? Okay. So there were. Zone, how, how was uh, how was the Hunger Games world divvied up? It, they were zones, right? They Zone were d- districts, districts, and uh, Katniss was from what district?
1: District 12. Are you sure? I, yeah, that's I would write down District 12. And Jeopardy. so
0: district 13 is the one that uh, Julianne Moore was the president of the military yeah. ones.
1: Yeah. District 13 is the one that, that supposedly didn't exist anymore because it got bombed into a parking lot.
0: Except,
1: except they, it didn't, they, went, they went, under, they went underground. They went underground. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you do. Well,
0: that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Cause I couldn't remember. So we were sitting outside on the patio. Uh, by the fire the other night uh, we, we built a fire in the, in the it's not in the fire pit mm-hmm. and uh, mrs winger um, a, a spark uh, popped out and burnt a hole in her district 13 pants which were like um, which are more than sweats but less than cargo pants and they're made with a poly blend that gives where it's when it's supposed to. Apparently, they're very comfortable. Have you bought any of these new jeans that have you probably don't? Why would you? Why would you? You know, I mean, because there's like there's like Brad Pitt and there's Brian Grimm.
1: Well, thank you. But that's not that's not true. Um, I have bought some of those jeans that have stretch material a little stretch not a little time, stretch yeah right
0: i mean I, I mean i just know what i see on the internet
1: yeah a little a little stretch to them and like
0: you don't care for them
1: i don't care for them uh because while they seem great and comfy they wear out so fast oh no kidding oh uh, yeah yeah like i wear jeans most days
0: really mm-hmm dark jeans
1: dark jeans
0: to maintain to keep up appearances
1: with a with a crease
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so do you do you fly will you fly in jeans
1: I have flown in jeans but like nice nice but you know nice jeans
0: okay you're going to get bumped at first that way but
1: there's de- you know that there's degrees of jeans
0: I don't know that oh, is I, I, and, and I, and I'm so happy to have missed that whole thing. Uh, like in the, I mean, it was, it was, I, it's, it's like the, well, guys younger than me, honestly, but I mean the whole designer jeans thing, there was like, what was the one called true religion. And then there's like, you know, all the ones that are like, had the bedazzled pockets that like, I don't know, Ricky Martin or somebody was wearing. Yeah. I don't I don't get any of that. No.
1: No. I, yeah, I remember that in like the early to mid-2000s. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh,
0: no wonder I... No, I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> Never mind.
1: I have a joke in mind too.
0: Well, you text it to me later. <laughs> so... Uh, listen, I don't want to be a bummer. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously. I guess we'll all remember where we were when we heard about DMX, huh?
1: Now, did did DMX hit you harder or, or Black Rob?
0: Black Rob was Irish, right? Yes. <laughs> no. Black, Black, Black Rob. Black Rob McGregor.
1: No, Black Rob was like he was he was part of the the Bad Boy Entertainment, Puff Daddy's East Coast Empire.
0: Um. Well, I didn't know about Black Rob, so I guess I'm going to have to say DMX. <laughs> but DMX passing has affected me not at all. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Um, it's too, it's too bad. That guy's. Oh yeah. Look, take it easy. I'm not wishing the guy dead. I'm not saying I'm glad he's dead or that the world's a better place that he's dead. I'm just saying, I'm just saying it's not like I'm familiar with his music though. His album covers are pretty frightening. And I think if, if I've got this straight, he, he didn't make any bones about being about uh, producing music uh, based on the grittier side of life. Mm-hmm. Is that correct?
1: That's my understanding as well. Is,
0: is is that is my yeah? So
1: he rapped about what he knew.
0: Well, really, or. Were some of were some of it was some of it uh, works of imaginative fiction.
1: Uh yeah, I think I think he he lived a pretty rough life growing up.
0: Okay, all right, yeah, so it goes. Um, you know, uh, when I was a kid, I was introduced to Lou Reed of uh, the. Who had been in the Velvet Underground in the '60s and then the '70s, and so he had an album called Street Hassle that uh, was rough. More uh, there, Street Hassle. So the the summer of 1983, uh, Street Hassle, and Paul Simon's Hearts and Bones, like. waged a contest for my heart and soul.
1: Those seem like uh, opposite ends of the spectrum.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you wanted to like turn it into a comedy with like the angel and the devil on your shoulder, mm-hmm. like Paul Simon would be the angel on my shoulder and Lou Reed would be the devil. <laughs> um, but I, I I spent a lot of sleepless, hot sleepless nights that 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 summer uh listening to those alternating listening to those two records and um street street hassle is um, um is is a good record as far as that goes i think it came out in, i'm thinking 70 77 or 78 mm-hmm. uh, and it's got a it's got a song called um, I want to be black, uh, had, a had, had a line like, uh, don't want to be, I'm going to paraphrase a little, don't want to be no messed up white college student no more. No, I want to be black. Um, something like that. And then, uh, and then street hassle had like three songs making up one, like kind of magnum opus song. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, really quite moving about like these, these two young, young people who happen to be drug addicts. And um, actually Springsteen was in legal limbo and couldn't put out a record. And he actually has kind of a speaking part on at the end of Street Hassle, that was really well done. And When I went, when Lou Reed was touring um, uh, in 1984 for, uh, after he put out his album, New Sensations, which is a a really fun record that I remember fondly and will still listen to once in a while. Uh, uh, He made an appearance at a record store uh, in downtown Denver and me and a buddy went down there and he signed my copy of street hassle he signed his own oh. cheek uh i mean there's a picture yeah of him right and uh um i said thank you and he looks at me He like you know looks me straight in the eye and says you're welcome <laughs> that's my lou reed story but uh
1: what so but- lou reed's probably most his most popular like song is probably walk on the wild side or wild side or whatever it is. And is that from street hassle?
0: No, no, that was, that was before that was, that was from a record called transformer that was produced by David Bowie. Hmm. Um, And uh, that's a really strong record. It's, it's got a song called satellite of love. I don't know, I'd have to look at it again. Uh, but it's got some really great songs, mm-hmm. and um, you know, what, "Walk on the Wild Side" is, of course, um, well, uh, it seems way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and nothing for the old folks or the kids. Uh, I you know, it 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 had that it has that great do 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 mm-hmm. do, do do do. So it it's it's very. Uh, melodic and and rhythmic that way um and in fact was used in the early 80s probably 83 or 84 Lou Reed who was a motorcycle enthusiast um uh pitched Honda scooters uh you might be too young to remember like those little Honda Vespa like things that they Mm -hmm. made for a while I don't know if they still make them or not I would think so with Millennials millennials crazy about scooters
1: no i think it's i think it's like vespa and then everybody else
0: Hmm. well why would you buy an italian machine when you could buy a honda does that make any sense
1: well because i think italian machines aren't temperamental or are known for their longevity. <laughs> you
0: know, you're, big, you're being dry. <laughs> uh, so uh, so anyway, then then uh, I was listening to the um, uh, Paul Simon record "Hearts and Bones," mm-hmm. which he thought was a great record and which didn't get any airplay at all outside of my living room. Uh, and it was, it was, oh, you know what? It was the summer of 84. I remember that I'm back. I I, I got it straight. It doesn't matter how I remember, but I do. Hmm. And, um, um, there's a, there's a line, uh, what, what information pertains the thought that life could be better. Is woven indelibly into our hearts and our veins. That's the one that stuck, mm-hmm. and the one I always forget because I'm just a negative old crabby crybaby.
1: How many how many how many lines from Lou Reed do you remember
0: that uh, so I can repeat right here and there <laughs> <laughs> without drawing an E rating? Yeah. Uh yeah. Um well I already I already shared uh, a paraphrase of uh I wanna be black, which I think is enough to anger many people.
1: Raise some and raise some eyebrows.
0: Raise some antenna. Some Ray Walston antenna. <laughs> um Ray Walston was my favorite Martian, the uh the old guy with Bill Bixby is it, it you might know it from like TV land or Nick at night?
1: Yeah, see, I never the only thing that I, the earliest thing I remember Bill Bixby from was from the Incredible Hulk.
0: Okay, yeah, this would have been before that. Yeah. I also have a Bill Bixby story. In the early 70s. He was uh, uh, he was in a, a show called The Magician. And he played a magician who uh, I don't know, like in Las Vegas or someplace stupid. And uh, this is before Joe Bluth made it seem so uncool. So, uh, and also I was, I'm a child, okay? But I mean, he was like, you know, he he could do like cool things like throw cards and like, you know, I don't know, hitch in the forehead or something. So like, he wasn't quite as deadly as Bullseye, but he could throw cards and he had cards. And he, he would put on a show, but he would also like solve crimes. And, uh, I thought that was pretty great. And so I guess I wrote fan mail because I had like a bill Bixby. Uh, he sent me, a uh,
1: like a headshot.
0: Uh, it wasn't a headshot. It was, uh, but it was like, uh, it was like a publicity photo for the magician. So, you know, he's there in like his tuxedo and cape. And he's got the cards fanned open in front of him not in front of his face of course right you know that's what the 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 fans pay to see but
1: uh, (laughs) yes i promise this is bill bixby he is behind those cards
0: (laughs) (laughs) that would be oh man that's funny we you know what we should uh we, we should prepare that sort of fan publicity that sort of picture um for our listeners mm-hmm. of uh of us yeah <laughs> well, i'm gonna i'm gonna get to work on that yeah anyway uh all right that's it for now huh you yeah good
1: i'm good uh,
0: dmx uh couple of other things I wanted to get to anything else, Mr. Brown about uh, is Brown, your first name or your your last name?
1: It's just Brown.
0: When you work as an asset Mm -hmm. for the company.
1: For the company. That's right. Yeah, kind of like DMX. It's no first name is no last name. It's just it's just Brown.
0: And I am DJ Coco Smooth.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm not. Don't you
0: like DJ Coco Smooth better than Chromatic Fighter?
1: I don't. I like Chromatic Fighter better.
0: You know, you're just you're such a fanboy to the Wu Tang Clan.
1: (laughs) Protect your neck. (laughs) I think that's a song. I think it's a song.
0: I don't even know, yeah, that's just funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, okay, oh, we did it again.
1: Like, it's almost like we don't have any sponsors.
0: It's almost like we're just doing it out of the goodness of our heart. And we're not really getting a payday. It. <laughs> right. It's almost like this is all part of a very elaborate uh, t- tax evasion scheme.
1: Right. We'll funnel it through a podcast with 33
0: listeners. (laughs) I don't think we need to be sharing trade secrets, do you? (laughs) Sorry. Do you feel better?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm feeling all right. Yep. Okay. I'm feeling Uh, all
0: right. Okay. I've
1: got some work stuff on my mind that... I don't really want to talk about right now, but uh, but it's good to spend time with my friend and chop it up a little bit and talk about some interesting things. So that's always
0: good. I... Chop it up. <laughs> is that a Leatherman?
1: It is. this This is the Leatherman that I got on my uh, my goose hunting trip to. Canada. canada yeah
0: did you fly on a private plane
1: i flew from edmonton to the middle of nowhere on a private plane
0: was it a jet
1: no it had it had, it had props i gave it props i'm like good job plane
0: <laughs> do you think of anything other than the edge when you were and i don't mean the guitar player for you too i mean the movie with alec baldwin and anthony hopkins
1: uh I was like, I was thinking about a lot of things like there I'm look, looking out the window and there's nothing out there like not, like 98% of Canada's population lives within 100 miles of the border.
0: I don't think it's that far but okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. And there there is nothing out there. Yeah. And I'm like if this thing goes down and I happen to survive it it's a long walk back to uh civilization. And it was uh I just remember seeing a sign as as we landed in the, in the, this really, really small town. And then we had to drive out to the, uh, uh, to the place that we were staying. Uh, there was a sign and it said, um, Yukon, like 250 kilometers away. Yukon territory.
0: So you're pretty far West.
1: Yeah. So like, Edmonton is almost like straight north of Denver. Okay. And then... I thought
0: Calgary was straight north of Denver. No. Edmonton is. What did you... Did I miss it? Did you cut out? No, I'm sorry.
1: I don't know. I don't know how Canada works. There's states. There's territories. I don't know.
0: Provinces.
1: Provinces. There's
0: Neil Young, but also Brian Adams, and also Gordon Lightfoot, so,
1: Ryan Gosling.
0: He's a tall glass of water. Hey, girl.
1: Hey, girl. Want to see my titanium abs? Yeah, he takes pretty good care of himself. Yeah, he does. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he does. Um, I bet Brad Pitt could kick his butt, though. I don't know, though. Canadians are kind of surpri- surprising that way. I mean, they'll, they'll throw down. I mean, there's like, it's like, it's like, what if Alabama could read, it would be Canada.
1: The, I I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but the hunting guide up there.
0: Hang on, hang on. Before you tell the story, which I'm sure is awesome. Yes. Can you tell us The first of our sponsors, could you you say a word about the first of our sponsors?
1: Well, I'll say a couple words about those comfortable masks that come from MrsWinger.com. They're stylish, they're effective, they come in a variety of patterns and colors. And like you said before, people can't stop talking about how comfortable they are uh, around your ears. So wear a mask, be safe, and Uh, buy it from MrsWinger.com.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice way to go. Uh, you know, the, when you're driving down the mountain in Colorado, there will occasionally be signs that remind truckers, you're not down yet. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, things, things seem to be getting better. Uh, we all hope that, uh, very shortly, um, we don't need to wear masks, but you don't really want, a single layer crappy mass that's going to fall apart on you. Um, You know, honestly, now that we've done this, now that we've it's almost like we've like all gained a societal skill. Um, I think that there are going to be days uh, when people's allergies are acting up when they pull this thing out. Um, Cold and flu season, you got to go out in public. Uh, you know, I'd like to think that people's personal hygiene imp- has improved. Uh, so, as, as I've said before, uh, you'd make a trip to the men's room and some guys just don't wash their hands afterwards. And that's, that's so very disappointing to me. It's as though Louis Pasteur never lived, like, like Louis Pasteur died for nothing and uh so anyway uh when when the when the existential uh dread of of the current moment passes we're still going to want to have you know some mass around you're going to want some yeah. good ones yeah mm-hmm. okay we're also brought to you by all in a dream comics and books located in denver colorado ray can be reached at area code 303-333-8616. All in a dream comics and books, the loading has begun. And Brian, anything about uh, the Refresher Therapy podcast?
1: Well, I think it's aptly named Refresher because I think Chris does a great job of presenting some things that could seem heavy but in a light way that don't seem overwhelming. Cool. Um, so check it out.
0: Yeah, he's on Spotify and uh, uh, some other elitist platforms. Okay. So uh, back we, one last story. So one last story. You, you were in, You were in sales. You were selling something.
1: I wasn't, in, I wasn't in sales, I was in product management, which is, um, it's like sales support, like the salespeople had the real relationship with the customer. But like, when they needed to talk intelligently about the product, they would call in the product manager. Mm-hmm. And so I also had, had developed relationships with vendors, um, would negotiate pricing, and uh, the things that we would buy and sell to other people. And so there's one particular vendor, Um, who was part of a huge, huge Canadian company. Um, And they had a a goose hunting lodge up in the middle of of Canada. And every year, the sales guy for this company got to take a handful of guys up there to go hunting.
0: Okay, so was it like super nice? Was it like corporate nice?
1: It was incredible.
0: Okay, so it's not like... Fishing cabin on the bayou.
1: So I was I was responsible for my ticket to Edmonton and then they basically took it from there. I am not a hunter like I had never shot a shotgun in my life, never shot a rifle in my life, um, never owned anything that was camouflage. So this was a new experience. And I said, yeah, what the heck, it'll be fun. So we fly up there.
0: Is that and, really what? Is that really how you approached it?
1: Yeah. And he says, Ah, you'll have fun anyway.
0: Okay.
1: I'm like, okay. And so we fly up there and I he says, just he gave me like a handful of things to bring. And he says, but um, we'll take care of everything else. Guns, ammo, um, gear, don't worry about it.
0: Guns what it is germs, steel.
1: <laughs> so so I didn't have to fly with a shotgun, which is great. So I fly in there and then uh, they come and pick us up and like there's like six of us and they come and pick us up in like three brand new Ford F250s these huge trucks and then we drive out to this place and it's it, it's it's a house that's got like eight bedrooms, there's a a, a cook, that's there, and she cooks us breakfast and lunch and dinner. Um,
0: was she Canadian?
1: Yeah, I imagine. I don't know.
0: Was it N- Natasha Henstridge?
1: No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was not Natasha Henstridge. It was
0: something like pumpkin.
1: It was <laughs> something. Somebody. somebody different. <laughs> Something not that.
0: OK. All right. Anyway.
1: <laughs> and so then there's like this huge lake that's behind the place. We get set up and he says, OK, let's go out to the range and just get some practice shots in. But first, let's go to the let's go to the clubhouse. And so they go to this clubhouse and it's like this stained wood lined place with uh, what they called lockers. But they were like these beautiful wood storage areas. That had like all the gear hanging up. They had all these um, like top of the line shotguns against the wall, and then like a, a room filled with ammo. You just grab you know whatever ammo that you wanted, and uh, then you go out to the range, and it's like an automated range. You just you stand there. Some guy hits a button, and then these clay pigeons come out of nowhere, and uh, and you and you just practice for as long as you want.
0: Uh so did you hurt your shoulder firing a shotgun for the first time?
1: It was a, it was a little sore but it wasn't too bad. Um but the guy who was the guide was um an experienced hunter and he had a really great dog. Uh, uh was he a lab? Uh, yeah, it was a chocolate lab. It was just beautiful, it, but like super obedient and uh, just would like just look at you for direction and just wanted to do whatever you told it to do.
0: It's, it's such a it's the best dog.
1: Yeah. And so, so then, so we take some practice shots. We go back and, uh, have dinner, wake up at uh, like 3.30 the next morning. And there's a whole bunch of snow pea farms that are in this, in this part of in this part of Canada and uh, the hunters or the, the farmers allow the hunters to, to, to set up blinds and to hunt the geese. And so at night, all the geese fly out to the lakes that are up there and they sleep on the lakes. Because they're they're safe from predators out there, but oh, then but sure. then but then during the day they fly into these farms and then they you know they eat and stuff like that and so so we set up the blind and and uh, the guy calls the geese in and and you're not allowed to shoot them shoot the geese if they're on the ground that's like that's like bad sportsmanship okay it's illegal. But uh, he calls them in and then once they get so close, then you pop up out of the blind and he gives you the call and then you just start shooting and the dog runs out and, bring, and brings them all back. But this guy, while very experienced, and good at his job. And listen, I worked construction for a, a long time. Yeah, this, this guy had the worst mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and with a Canadian accent, like it was just like it just did not make sense. And he like the worst things that you could imagine, the worst, the filthiest things that you could imagine. What he called the geese, just
0: those are <laughs> yeah. like embedded in your 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 brain, yeah, forever.
1: So like every time I, I like I'm driving around and I see like a a park filled with geese, like these words <laughs> come flooding back. <laughs>
0: Man, I thought you were going to say this guy was great at his job, but he couldn't make me hit a goose. <laughs> no, did you, I did. you. Oh, bag, yeah. Did you bag yeah. your goose?
1: Yeah. And so so what we do is so that we go, you know, we we'd hunt for for a few hours and then. Um, the dog would the dog would bring it back and then they had a processing spot that you would take the geese back to. And then you'd, you'd hang them up there and then they would process them and then. Um, at the end of the trip, then you go when you would take, you know, they would turn them into hamburger, they turn some of them into, um, into sausage, and you could take some like, uh, you know, some like the breast of the bird back home if you wanted to as well. Um, But what they had to do is they had to leave the wing on. Did they make
0: pate it. out of the liver?
1: If they did, it wasn't available to us. Okay, so. I'm just curious. But if you took any like, um, like the breast of the bird home, they'd, they'd have to leave the wing on it because customs would check it to make sure that it wasn't um, like a, an endangered bird or a bird that you weren't allowed to hunt.
0: That seems so like I, kind of a lot of trouble.
1: Yeah. So I had like this big box that I had to, to run through customs and they had to check it, make sure that it was, you know, it was legit. Um, so what's uh,
0: a what's, uh, goose breast taste like?
1: It's terrible. It's really not very good.
0: One more reason to dislike the Canadian goose, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> the guy, the guy that I went with, he tells me he says, Yeah, yeah. So what you do is you 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 marinate it in orange juice and red wine and salt and pepper for like twenty-four hours. And then it really gets it tender and it uh and it really brings out the flavor. And uh yeah. Anything I gotta marinate for twenty-four hours?
0: So what you want to do is marinate it for about 24 days. (laughs) Just put it in the, just put it in the refrigerator and forget about it.
1: Yeah.
0: And then when you're hunting for leftovers say, Oh, I need to cook that. Yeah. And it's almost edible then.
1: almost edible. But, uh, but then we, at night, we'd go out on some night hunts and uh, we shoot, shoot at some ducks and ducks of course are a lot faster and smaller than a goose. And so that's a little bit more of a challenge, but I got a, a, a few of them, and uh, I like duck. I like the taste of duck. I think duck duck tastes pretty good, so I brought a couple of those home.
0: I found duck to be a little oily, hmm. a little greasy. Oh
1: maybe. well, you're not you're not preparing it right. Maybe maybe
0: <laughs> maybe I didn't marinate it long enough. Yeah, or me, may, maybe maybe the Chinese restaurant I was in didn't marinate it long enough. So yeah, okay. Uh, thank you, Brian. Anytime. Okay. Well, probably won't need you any time, but almost for sure next week.
1: And that was that was almost 10 years ago that I went on that trip. It's crazy.
0: Time flies when you're having fun, and even if you're not. Yeah, that's it. That's it for episode 53 of Managing Expectations. I'm Jeff Winger on behalf of Brian Grimm and DJ Coco Smooth. We wish you the best of tomorrows. That was good.